Let's get one thing perfectly straight. There is no club that I despise more than North Melbourne. Now, I'm, I may hate Carlton and I may hate the Brisbane Lions, but I have such unbridled and, and irrational hatred for North Melbourne. I hate the fact that because they didn't move north, I now have two expansion teams that are going to win six of the next eight premierships. I hate the fact that they take money from us. I hate the fact that they complain about us wearing not wearing a clash jumper. More importantly, I hate their, their shin boner spirit or whatever the hell they call it. I couldn't care less about them as a club because despite the fact they were the, the most successful club in the 90s, they managed to do jack all with it. Hi, I'm the Mighty T, and if you haven't worked it out, I'm not a fan of our opponent this week, but let's see if GC's actually picked that up. GC, how are you tonight? I'm, uh, I'm just sort of staggering around in the background after that onslaught. I thought, poor old North. I don't, I don't mind them that much. I'm the, they're one of my teams I quite like. Um, I can't come at anyone. No, no, I can come at you, Mighty T, but I, uh, I don't hate them as much as I hate Carlton. Um, sorry, that didn't compute with me. <laughs> well, look, maybe maybe I've gone a little bit over the top, but I tell you what, I've had some I've had some shockers uh, for mates that have been North Melbourne supporters uh-huh. in the past, so I guess that kind of uh, that kind of fuels the fire. But if I ever get... introduced to my Carlton mates, they'd make your mates look like good blokes. Yeah, I think that's a, it's interesting. All, all my Carlton mates have grown up in a time where Carlton have been largely irrelevant, so they're very quiet. Uh, okay. well, yeah, you don't know the real thing then. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. Definitely, definitely not. Hey, good win on the weekend. Um, nice to get back on, uh, on the on the winners list with a with a seventy point win. Yeah, was was I think the quintessential solid win mm. against you know an undermanned opposition. You go out there and you do exactly what you have to do. You know the the, the players that you hope will play well gen- mostly did, and yep, yep. Um, we did the needful. But um, it was just as expected, I think. Anything in particular stand out? Uh, I thought Marley Williams just continued. You know, I think Marley Williams, we probably don't – we underestimate what that effect of last year of missing the start of the season, the court case and all that sort of thing had on his – because before that, 2013, especially the latter half of 2013, he was looking pretty special – and he started 2014 those few practice games. He went into the midfield a little bit, and I thought, you know, this this guy looks really good. And he struggled when he came back, and he has only just entered this start of the season. But I think he's really looking good. I, he he was the he, out of all the guys, I think uh, I think he's starting to step up. Yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't get a chance to. Uh, to speak last week because I was uh, I was absent from the podcast, but I thought his last couple of weeks actually been, have been quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 just he's going to be a very solid contributor, and and I think with that with with that almost almost A grade potential, I don't know if he'll get there um, given his role and and all that, but he's he's got something, and you know he's starting to clean up his disposal a bit, um, certainly from the first few rounds. So all positive signs. Yeah, he's got he's got two A grade attributes. He's got an A grade sidestep, yep. and he's got an A grade ability to win a, the ball one on one. And if you can clean a few of the other things up, they're two very good traits to have. I think. Speaking of A grade qualities, Adam Oxley has been uh, a bit of a revelation this year because he's, you know, I, th- I, th- I think there was there was raps on him over the preseason, um, and he's really just taken. I mean, he's, he, he was. So so well, so so player to me in the VFL, but he's certainly come out and uh, 
and, and showing people what he's made of. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's an he's an interesting one because his first season, you know, he came into club as a rookie. He got a game, and you thought, and then his whole second season was a wipe off. So you almost said, I I said, look, he, he's he's going to need a year to re-establish himself, and he's in round one, and he's um. You've almost you've almost sort of discounted that because he stepped in and started playing straight away. That you said, well, he's just a good player now without having done an apprenticeship almost. So he's been very solid. I've, I mean, he's been. I think we're underestimating how good a job he's done. Probably. Mm. Can I say in the last two weeks I've been very well, pretty to very impressed with Travis Clark. I've I've actually liked the game he's played. It's, it hasn't been. Um, the stuff that we're used to, the scraggling, the wrestling and the, the sitting in the goal square. I, I like that he's getting on his bike a bit and you know, another seven marks on the weekend, only the one goal, but I think that's a better game for him overall. Yeah, it opens up the rest of the four. It, it certainly means that the whole, the rest of the forward line is functioning better and um, you know, I think Fasolo comes back and kicks his three, Jamie Ellett kicks his five and, and, and uh, Jesse, you know, Jesse White's been good the last two weeks. Um, mm. Even though he's bad at times during the match, he's, he's been good overall. And the, the four goals he kicked, I mean, he was he he was playing on a midget, really, for him. But um, the forward line looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. The thing is, it, it, it's functioning okay. And as, as you say, it's functioning a bit better when Travis actually moves at the forward 50 and, and that space does open up. You touched, you touched on Elliot there. And I want to go back to him for a second because he signs his new contract and we're all very happy and and, and I still think he's going to be a great player for the club. But his low possession count is something that, that does worry me because it means he has to maximise each opportunity he has. And nine touches or ten touches, whatever he had against against Gold Coast, yeah, the five goals were, were good, very opportunistic. Do you, would you want to see him getting more of the ball given how much of a good ball user he is and how damaging he can be? Oh, well, undoubtedly, I think that's uh, you, you know that's the nail on the head. Really, that he that's what that's where his improvement's going to come because he's he's got the skill set and he can kick goals. If he can learn to get more of the ball and be more involved, he's um, he's going to be A grade and he's going to be all Australian mm-hmm. in the future if he can do that. Absolutely, I think the biggest disappointment for me over the weekend, obviously, it wasn't from a from a from an actual game perspective. I, I hate VFL buyers. Because, mm-hmm. it, it, because, because it means that you know now Ben Reed's got to come back this week in the VFL, and yeah, it it, it puts him back a week. It puts Sharonberg's development back a week. Maynard gets a good run on, gets back a week. But Ben Ben Kennedy doesn't get the chance to this week to say, you know, pick me this week because he has, hasn't played last week. That's right, and and the thing is, Marsh flew up to the Gold Coast. If Marsh doesn't play this week, it's you know there's 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 all these there's all these little intricacies about it that, that that are a bit frustrating. But what I will say is it, it'll be good to see a couple of the boys back. We, we do get Reed back in the VFL this week. Um, and and I guess the much maligned Clinton Young um, yeah. to a lesser extent. But we will get a chance to see a few of these guys get a bit more of a runaround. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Clinton Young will destroy it. I mean, in the VFL, he's a, he's a class above. Yeah. Um, so... You know what he does AFL wise, but he will he will be he's just going to make an, a contribution to our VFL side this week, mm. um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and head down to Coburg because I think uh, there's just going to be a lot to watch. Two p.m. I might have to see if I can get back for the second half. Um, in terms of selection this week, no one's come out of the team. 
Um, obviously, the big concern is on Jack Frost. Do we have an update on him? Um, all I've, well, only what I've read is he's got a corky. I think they, they seem to be suggesting he's going to play, but it's ducks and drakes, isn't it? I mean, Collingwood injury reports. <laughs> Do we trust yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Well, he's been named. He's been named in the side. Um, Dwyer, uh, who are the ends? Dwyer, Marsh. And uh, Alan Tuvey comes directly back into the side, which is, which is great news because he, for me, was when he went off against Richmond. I, you know, uh, my shoulders slumped a little bit because I just, I just thought the last time we we lost uh, uh, Jackson Ramsey out of the side, it just changed the dynamic. That that back six that was so solid for five or six weeks, and then Tuvey went out, and I saw Varco run out of the back pocket, and you know, just started getting heart palpitations. Um, He's back in. This 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 is this is a lot more solid look up uh, than than uh, than two weeks ago against Richmond. Now, yeah. Oh, well, you're right. I mean, I think almost that. If Tuvi plays the Richmond match, I think you've almost you, we we may have won it. You know, he, yeah. he's, he was that important. The other interesting, the other guy you mentioned, Barco. I mean, how good was he last week? I mean, if he he had a lot of ball, a hundred percent by foot, just. Uh, no, stellar, stellar, and 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 I think this is this is the player that that he can be. I, I, you know, it, it's it's the old it's the old Leon Davis thing, though. You know, you yeah. always you always remember reasons why you you love the ex girlfriend, but there's so many reasons why she lets you down. And and I I get it. I get the feeling. I get that feeling from former Geelong Geelong supporters who used to talk about Varco like that. I want to see. A little bit. More, I want to see a bit more consistency about his game. That's that. That's what I'm looking for. He took ten marks on the weekend. That's incredible. Um, but uh, you know, we've, we've got to see. And can I say, ever since Anzac Day, another another halfback. Ever since Anzac Day, Paul Seisman has not looked like the player that he threatens to be. And this has been the biggest bugbear of mine with him, because yeah, he got 22 touches on the weekend, but I couldn't see his influence on the game. Yes, yeah. Well, he was the one I thought you might have brought up because he he he's definitely the one who is hot and cold. And I mean, he's been injured again, so he just needs a run at it. Because I mean, that Anzac Day match, he looks so so good. Yeah. He can if he could if he can become that player most weeks. Yep. Then um, it's it's just massive. But he he hasn't um as you say he hasn't you know he has a week out then he's got two weeks to rebuild back in and we just don't get the consistency yet. Oh look, I'm happy to give him, uh, given given he's one of Laurie Holden's favours, I'm happy to give him a bit of a reprieve uh, for the next couple of weeks while he uh, while he makes his way, you know, in, into a comfort zone. Um, we're into uh, we're we're in, we're two or three games into an experiment with our two ruckmen. How is it going in your eyes, and is it something that we really should be persisting with throughout the rest of the season? Um, I think it's I think it's. I think they're both ruckmen in a way that, like a lot of ruckmen, they're both ruckmen that would prefer, if you, if you could get take them to one side, they'd both say, I prefer to be the number one man and do the vast majority myself. That's how I play my best football. Yep. Um, but they're such, both such good, young, potentially good ruckmen. Um, I think they're coming along. I, I think we have to persist because it's such a um, tantalising thought to have them as, have two A-grade ruckmen just rotating and becoming relatively mobile around the ground. I I think you know I think Wits on the weekend looked good. I think his mobility's you know he does some really mobile things for a six foot eight bloke or six yeah. ten or whatever he is. Um, 
so yeah, it's a it's an it's it's uh, it's an ongoing experiment that we have to continue. Uh, I well, think there's no doubt about that. And that's and that's the thing. And I, and I, and I think that it is something that we have to continue because because purely, you know, for a team balance perspective, if White has to do the ruck work and be the second ruckman and we don't have another designated person to do that, another ruckman or wits or or or, or even a goal to the lineup. Mm. You're in a you're in a position where Cloak is going to you know he'll he'll be forced to be that stay at home forward because he'll be forced into this thinking that we need a target and we're going to lose that efficiency within the forward line. Mm. So I, I think I think we need to persist with it. The question is who becomes who gets that majority of time in the ruck? It's not going to be an even 50-50 split. So who's the better forward and who's going to be the better ruckman? That's something that we need to work out this season. Yeah, yeah. I've been a bit surprised. A bit surprised that they've sort of lent to wits so early because I thought Grundy was doing so well early on. I agree. I thought I thought I would have said to wits, well, you're in this number two now. Yeah. Win, it, win it back. I wouldn't have given him such an easy introduction in a way. I'd be saying to Grundy, you know, Hang on, hang on to it, and it's yours if you continue to do what you're doing. Because Grundy's dropped from um, season high and career high disposal levels above 20, influencing contests with six or seven tackles a game, clearances, etc., to eight possessions on the weekend, 18 hitouts, and and that's you know, and I wonder if that has an effect psychologically on the player to say, you know, you've been doing so well, but we're going to kind of make you the second banana for just just for the time being. Yeah, I know that you need both of them this week. Todd Goldstein is a different animal when it comes to rucking than than uh, Nichols from the Gold Coast. But I, I I think we should be backing Grundy in. He has he has runs on the board this year. Yeah, you know, he took that number one mantle. So mm. yeah. it's uh, it's 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 certainly going to be interesting. Let, let we'll shift our focus to to the North game. Um, what have your thoughts been on North thus far this year? Oh, I think I think I think they they haven't been great this year. I don't think they. I mean, they've had, they've been hot and cold. Mm. They, I mean, they're a team that uh, was talking top four. I don't think they've got any real aspirations for that anymore. Um, they put in some really bad performances and they put some good performances in, but I think they're a, a team that has some genuine prospects for finals. So, if you look at our record so far, we've knocked off all the bottom sides and we've beaten Essen and out of the four contending final sides that we've played. So I think yeah. we have to win this week. We have to win this week to say, yes, we're part of the finals mix. Yeah. Oh, def- definitely. And and, and the, the really frustrating thing about North Melbourne is their inconsistency, but playing them off a big loss, that's always a concern to me. They're, they're the kind of team that now will spark up for the next game. I like to beat us by a couple of goals, and then they're likely to lose next week, no matter who the, the opposition is. It's just the kind of team they are. And that, 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 I mean, we'll talk about it with uh, El Cynic uh, <laughs> in just a few moments. But but their um, you know, their unpredictability is something that you know, punters nightmare North Melbourne at the moment. I think that their um, I think their trip back from Fremantle though won't help them. And um, you know, I, I think it's an important way. I think we, I'm I'm feeling relatively confident, but I, I think we need to win this one. I, I I think we I think we need to win this one. I think we're in agreement with that. Just I do find myself just for some inexplicable reason leaning towards North Melbourne, and I I certainly hope that uh, that we get the North Melbourne that uh, came out against West Coast as opposed to you know the one that can occasionally breathe fire. So we'll 
but let's see how it, how it goes. All right, so this week I'd like to thank El Cynic for joining us from the North Melbourne board. We've got, uh, got, we've got a game on this Sunday where I, I think both teams couldn't be coming from more contrasting uh, points, us winning by 70-odd points or 60-odd points, North copying a similar loss to the May Premiers, the Dockers. El Cynic, I know you've recently watched the game back. Your thoughts? I want to crawl into a small space and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Both yeah. simultaneously laugh and cry myself to sleep. I got to say that was that was the, probably the toughest game to watch of the weekend, because because they're, they're just first of all Freo are an ugly side to watch, but um, they really they really did squeeze the life out of North, didn't they? Oh no, kidding! I saw every time we tried to get into the forward line, it was all through scrambling and not able to get a clear clean possession. Every time Fremantle wanted to. They pretty much wielded it by the cosmic universe, <laughs> cosmic forces of the universe. They were they they, they were scoring at will. Their their ball users were getting a lot of it, but it, it's it's odd because I I remember looking at the north side coming into this year, and you topped up with some experienced players. The younger guys were meant to be advancing nicely. It was the core of a nice midfield, um, and even I look at you, I look at you, yeah, but I look at your ball winners last week and. Bassanax only had 18 touches. Cunnington's had, you know, the most of 24. But there just seems to be seems, there seems to be lacking consistency of performance. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, you could you could say part of it doesn't help that Wells and Del Santo got knocked off early. Yeah, and we're missing that cleanliness throughout the midfield. But there's just no excuse from different parts of the different parts of the ground. The midfielders aren't kicking straight to the proper targets. Um, when, I watched, when I watched the game over, I think, where, where are they kicking to? How are they able to not get the pressure on? Even on the defensive side, I watched them try to tackle. They can't put anyone down. They're, put, they're putting their hands around, but, they slip, but the opposition players slip through. Like, they were basically standing walls with, with their arms as thin as tree branches. Yeah, but but I think I think it's been a, a, a I just think as, as a whole it's just been a frustrating season if you're a north supporter just because there was so much expected. There was such it was such a, it was such a positive year last year. I mean in a lot of ways maybe you overachieved, but there was the expectation to build. Is that how you see it as well? That I think that's the expectation because you if you got if you're not going to go down that path, you stick with the youth and you don't try to play into the free agency market. Yeah, where we seem to be going, sort of the Western Bulldogs route of the late two thousands, I think it was. They get this. They get their little fifteen minutes of fame in the top four. I think mm. that was the season. Um, I don't know if it was Collingwood or the other, uh, the second Geelong premiership, where you thought they were going to go somewhere. They had all these players coming in and I, I used to uh, buy the age AFL lift outs. I don't know what they're doing with them anymore, but there were all these fir- fourth place, third place, first place from yeah. a couple of the journalists. And I think we're getting into that kind of window mm-hmm. of expectation. Yeah. I keep my expectations low. Everyone knows that. If you look at my, if you look at the North Melbourne board, you barely see me. <laughs> try to lift myself up above my 
very miserable existence. But I try to keep that hope that at least we're not as bad as we could be, and I'm not seeing that at the moment. Yeah, the the thing is that, and, and you're right. The way that you guys have recruited, you've recruited as if you're challenging for a premiership. And this is why I think the the impression from from journos in the outside world is, you know, you pick up a Del Santo, you pick up Higgins, Jared White comes into the lineup. Okay, now we've got a few older bodies to complement these guys. Brent Harvey's, you know, in his thirties. Petrie's in his thirties. You know, we're talking time is now for North Melbourne. The question that I have is, are North, are North in that top four bracket team? And, and on consistency of performance, I can't see that they are. Even last year, we had our issues. At the at one end of the spectrum, you have the Hawthorne wins, the Sydney win away. Both Perth teams away, we beat them. Yeah. Eventually, at the end of the year, we beat all the teams in the top eight. It took the finals to do it, but that's what we did. Oh. And you wonder... What what has happened between then and now, aside from the injuries, and how much do you excuse that for the younger players not picking up their game and carrying on and proving that they are the next generation to come through and support and become the headstrong support, the the backbone of the team? Yeah. Uh, if, 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 there's a lot of, of debate on the board about this, the coach and what he has done and what he hasn't done, what he can do, what he can't do. And it's, it's going to go on forever, and I understand that. I'm trying not to get involved in it too much anymore. But that sort of uncertainty, it's it's got to seep through into the team, surely. Eventually, yep. the players are going to real, going to think, what what are we doing? Why can't we get to the? Why can't we get to where we want to be? Yeah, yeah. What's it's it's that question? What's missing? And I I just think it's a little bit of um a little bit of commitment. And if there's there's always the talk of Brad Scott has his plan, he sticks to it. He sticks to it. Mm. He doesn't try to have a fix in uh, mid match. He just does what he does. Yeah. There's there's a there's an element of truth to that. And while it can be, it can have some positives somewhere in the universe. But I think the inflexibility is coming back to really bite us this time. But right. it's, it's still early. It's not even halfway through the season. Mm. And given what happened in 2008 where we had that 7 or 8 run uh, game winning streak, you don't know. Something might pick up. Lady Luck might smile on us again. Yeah. I think that's something that uh, you'd have to wait and see. But in the end, we still got steamrolled by Fremantle in the second last round. Yeah. Then Peter to a complete hold against West Coast in the final. Maybe it's going to be one of those years. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 always it's always so tough to predict. I mean, I'm looking at our side at Collingwood, and we've started fairly well, all things considered. But the the question mark is over who we've beaten. Um, you know, bullying the lower ranked sides um, whilst crumbling to to a bit of pressure from you know Richmond and Geelong, who. By all, by all by all respects to them, they're not going to be world beaters this year. They're not going to be challenging for a premiership. At least it doesn't look like it at, you know, at this point of the year. So for us, I think one thing that we can hang our hat on is the development of our youth. We, we, you know, we, we like what we see now coming through. The persistence is slowly starting to pay off with Buckley because there's more of, a, more of an established game plan, a bit more risk-taking, a bit more run. The young guys are developing... 
a question is for you guys for North. What's what's the silver lining in all this inconsistency? I think. Well, we've seen the best of what our players can do, and that's very, very good. Yeah. Eventually, something's just got to pop up and make these players realise that they can repeat what they did last year. Mm. There's got to be some kind of mental breakthrough to bring that performance out. The, yeah. the game against Hawthorne, I'm guessing half, I'm guessing most of the entire world would have written us off. Yeah. especially given who we had out at the time. But we pulled through in that game. We beat them. I was out having a dinner with my family and came back. Or On the way to the uh, location, we were, we were two goals in front in the first quarter, and I thought, well, it's a decent start. I'll come back and I'll have a look at the results and think, well, we gave it a good crack. To find out that we won was a massive surprise to me. So I wondered, where did that come from? And since then, where's where has it gone? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, it, it, that, that's the frustrating thing, especially from a supporter base, because if you know what the team is capable of, it does start setting an expectation, at the very least for effort, and 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 you know you expect that it starts becoming performance and seeping into performance. But it's just uh, it's just a challenge to to that, that consistency separates the the good teams from the very good teams. So let's turn our attention to. This week, uh, ins and outs and changes. What are the North changes for uh, the game against Collingwood? Oh boy, that was an interesting session. Uh, uh, an interesting uh, announcement that I had uh, that I caught on my phone. Uh, Jacobs and Wood have been omitted. There's been a bit of an uproar about Jacobs being omitted, yep. considering what he managed to do against Fremantle. But yeah. Um, People mostly agree that Wood's kind of been flimsy over the last couple of performances, so maybe maybe he has to go back and find the form that he had in the VFL. We, uh, we've got back Swallow, so Petrie doesn't have to be the captain anymore. <laughs> uh, um, I should point out that all of these changes, they've been put into the extended midfield, which means yep. nothing to me. I have no idea what the team is thinking. What I am... Well, maybe what the coaches think. What I'm thinking, Swallow's always going to go straight in. He's the captain. There's no way unless he falls down, a, falls down some stairs or uh, gets injured in a bathroom like Levy Greenwood, uh, Greenwood did, <laughs> that he's going to drop out suddenly at the last minute. Yeah. Um, McMahon suddenly has his first call up on the season. He's a journeyman, but I don't know if we have the place for him anymore that being said i haven't been able to catch the vfl performances maybe yeah. he's been turning it up so i i think the stats are sort of with him in that respect but i don't know what significance those have without seeing yeah. the actual play uh magic door another one who is is really finding his feet now the off-field matters aside I think a lot of I think a few of our supporters have been trying to, have been writing him off. They've they've been hooked on the expectations that they got with the Western Bulldogs game, uh, Western Bulldogs game where he debuted, and I think yeah. it was the Brisbane game where he also had a good run. Yeah. And they think he's going to be a big boy this one. He's going to really shine, and then 
his inexperience at the actual game itself mm. comes through and those expectations start to really bear down on the supporters and then you get that whole kind of disappointment and uh, longing for what could have been. But sure. this year, especially in in the games that they've lost, uh, I don't know how many of those that they lucky lost, but what he does, he I think he does well at that level. So if he does get the call up, maybe because of what happens to Wade, he did Wade did finish the game, but he looked I think he looked a bit proppy. Yeah. During that, so you'd think the logical will actually no Ben Ben Brown Ben Brown, who's also another in, would be that. Actually, no, no, no. Ben Brown always comes in. He's that sort of automatic third tour. Sure. So, of course, he's going in. And I think when you consider who's been omitted, Swallow and Brown, they're straight in. No mm. one's going to take them out unless an opposition player takes them out. Yep. And it's up to Daw, I think, to prove that he has what it takes to maybe take Petrie's spot in the future or take Waite's spot in the future, yeah. whether that be this week or a couple of years down the track. I, I, I think you're right. You're not going to go in with... All three of uh, Petrie, Brown, so all four of Petrie, Brown, Door, and Wait. I mean, I think that'd be a little bit too top heavy. Um, and as you said, Wait was carrying something a little bit later on. Collingwood's changes, uh, well, or lack thereof, because um, there's no one out at the moment. But it'll all be subject to injury and fitness, I guess, for Jack Frost, who got subbed out last week um, with a, with a, what looked like a corky to his to his hamstring. I, I don't know if that was. Confirmed. I'll, I'll get Laurie on the job to to make sure um, that I'm not just talking out of my ass. Um, but we could possibly see a debut for for Jonathan Marsh, which is which is excellent. Good rebounding defender, Western Australian boy who uh, has really been really been tearing it up. Uh, reminds me a bit of a you know a younger version of uh, well, sorry, the North Melbourne version of Josh Gibson. Um, and also the returning Alan Tuvey, which should add a bit more solidity to the back line, who I think was. The main reason for why we um, we, we ended up coughing up a, a, a fairly big comeback to Richmond, so a bit more solidity down. But you know, I, I'm just having a look at look between these two the two teams, and you know, your basic for and against stats. Um, North have conceded 772 points across the span of this season, um, whereas Collingwood 592. So. Almost a couple of hundred points better on the defensive, and now again, it's all depending on who you who you face, obviously. Um, but I think that having Tuvi back in the side, being able to round the defense out a bit more, um, might make it a little bit uh, challenging for North uh, for North to get in and and put a big score on the board. Who are you looking for out of out of your mob to do the most damage uh, come Sunday? Honestly. I think Thomas is always going to be thereabouts. He, he's sort of the guy we have to rely on when the tour guys aren't doing their jobs. And I think that happened against Essendon. Oh, was it Essendon or, Essendon or Geelong? He was the one who kicked the bags and got us through. Everyone else had one or two goals each. So if, it, if it's going yeah. to be anyone, it's going to be him, his way of playing notwithstanding. Um, other than that, I th- I don't know if I consider our tall our tall forwards that reliable, but yep. maybe it's just 
the way they haven't quite gelled this year. Waite had his big bag against Brisbane, but that's Brisbane and Melbourne. Mm. And we have their return trip later this year, and we lost to them last year. I tip that, but we still lost to them last year. So anything can happen at that point of the season. Sure. Look, it, it's it's going to show it's been an interesting game, almost a must win for both teams. I, I, I have a feeling, I have a sneaking suspicion. I, I never like playing North after a loss. They're the type of inconsistent team, especially a big loss. They're the type of, the type of team that, that tend to respond well the week after and then probably lose the week after that. So I've got this sneaking suspicion that North will get up, um, but this should be a good contest between two very evenly matched sides. El Cynic, we're running out of time, so I want to I yeah. want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. That's all right. But, um, mate, I hope... Uh, are you going to get down to the game? Um, I'm not, I'm not think about it. I don't have... Uni classes have sort of finished for me at this point. So I at least have the time to go, go down and have a late night and not worry about the morning after. Yeah. So it might be a good chance. Well, it should be it should be an absolute cracker. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, uh, we'll no doubt post this on the the North Melbourne board, so uh, we can we can all have a and get all your boys in and have a bit of a listen. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thank you. So, GC, we've heard we've heard both sides of the story now. We we, we certainly know what side of the fence we sit on. Um, my final predictions and thoughts for the, the weekend's game, and, and and what you're looking for. Um, I'm. Uh, I, I think we will win. I think it'll be a tight game, and I think we'll kick along and uh, win at the end. I'm looking for. Actually, I'm interested in who's going to be the sub. I'm, I'm interested to see what the selection does with Dugui and Broomhead. I think will be the two that are we're, we're tossing at the end. Yeah. And I I want to see for Solo Broomhead Dugui, whichever of that group is playing Seedsman step up and say, I'm part of this 22 and I'm staying with you guys and become yep. consistent. That's what I'd really like. Look, I, I'd, I'd be disappointed if, if Degui was dropped only because I, I, I feel like when you're bringing young kids in, you've you got to give them, you got to give them a few weeks. And, I, want, I want him in. Yep. Yeah, and you've got to test him up against, you know, the North Melbourne side is a high contested ball winning side. These are the guys that not only he's going to have to play against, but be better than and learn from. So, it's it's an it's a learning experience. Um, my thing that I'm looking out for most of all, you've touched on for Solo. He's the one. He's the one that needs to needs to have a good game because it, it's all well and good to come out and kick three goals and and be a bit of a marking presence against a, a bottom dweller. But consistency of performance is something that he needs to start getting into his game. Where he's going to find himself back on the outer. There are enough good kids waiting in the VFL that will take his spot. So. Uh, and I'm also I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Jack Frost um, comes up for the game, but but I'm also you know you know slightly excited to see potentially Jonathan Marsh debut. So yeah, well the other see the other thing I would say there is Dugui we want in. Broomhead Broomhead played well. I thought he he actually started to look better again when he came on last week. So I want him in. I'd love to see Kennedy in. I want Marsh in. Yeah. Uh, Sharonberg and Freeman soon to be in. I mean. It's a pretty and, happy position, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and, and who doesn't get a go? And once Moore gets back from his hamstring, I mean, we've got to, we've got to try him out somewhere. And you know, he will make a good full forward instead of Jesse White. You're right. There's 30 guys for 22 spots, so we're in so a good spot. VFL watching could be good this week too. I think VFL watching is uh, VFL on Saturday, Sunday, 
uh, North Melbourne. It's uh, it, it's a good weekend for uh, for football and for Collingwood. Uh, thanks again for coming on, GC. Thank you. And also uh, a quick shout out to Magpie Girl. Um, obviously, uh, we run as a well-oiled machine without you, so don't stress. Everything went fine. Um, please stay tuned for TD's rant. Uh, it's always cracking listening, but uh, for the meantime, this is the Mighty T signing out. Here's my round nine rant. I'm going to talk about the umpiring in the last two games because I missed last week. So it was the on top of the Richmond game and the Gold Coast game. Gold Coast game, there were some bad calls. Hell, even Penelope argued with the umpire knocking a free kick. And Penelope is known is known to not argue. He wouldn't get to argue against pitch. And that's pretty bad. But it's worse with against Richmond. Sorry, that was dead set cheating we got they had about it's 10 more free kicks than us but the free kicks they missed they missed us was disgusting and the number one culprit seems to be honest is umpire number 17 Jason, Jason Schmidt who appeared posted on book next and before he has shown that he had been he's been really anti-con his whole career and he's a dead set Bloody cheat. And, well, sorry, I mean, that in, in every game, it was game, we lost by five points. There's such, such a difference in, in umpiring. And, um, the more free kicks for Rich. And that's missing him. Not good. Five points of difference? That could that cost us, it could have easily cost us a game. And the way Campbell said, that's too freaking close to the dot. I mean, they can't too close when we kicked them, but that could have been once again another two kicks. So that's my rant about dumb pass for round nine, and I'll just see you next week, hopefully. Now 